Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Podcast with Brent Gove. In the next 30 minutes, our goal is that you would be inspired to think outside of the box of typical real estate and replace the hamster wheel with jet fuel. Now, here's our host, Brent Gove. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to my very first official podcast. Could not be more excited to do this. And today, my podcast is going to be entitled A Case to Build. That's right, not just endless selling where you're on a treadmill, but a case to actually build something of great value. So I'm going to start with a real estate agent's journey. And, um, you know, typically how this starts is you get a call from a friend who says, hey, you got a great personality, you're motivated, you're outgoing, you should get in real estate, you'd be great at real estate. And then you start thinking about real estate, maybe for the first time in your life. And you ask, well, can you make any money at that? And depending upon where you live in the country, yeah, you can make like 10,000 a house. You sell two or three homes, that's 20 or 30,000 a month. And your eyes light up. You're like, really? Or here's the other way it goes. And this, this is funny. An agent sells your house and you pay out 6% and you're, it feels like you're paying it all to your agent. Of course, they share it with the other brokerage. But if your home, say, is uh, you know a $500,000 home, there goes $30,000 and you're like, wow. And then you start thinking, well, all his agent did was put a sign in my yard, hold a couple nice open houses. There were some cookies and coffee and lemonade and they were they chatted. It was more of a, like a party. And then and, you know, there was a home inspection. Next thing I knew, I closed escrow and I my agent got $30,000. Like, I could do that. And you start thinking you could be a real estate agent. How easy it is. After all, really, all your agent did was put a sign in the yard. So that's kind of typically how people get into real estate. So I've broken this down into phases. So phase one is you go through the licensing process. In other words, you take your courses that you have to take but that are in each state, typically about three courses, real estate, law, economics, finance, appraisal. You go through those classes. Then you take the state exam. And what happens there is as you go through the state exam, you fail it. In fact, I failed the first exam I took. In fact, most of the great agents fail it. In fact, I get nervous when an agent passes it the first time. It means they're very, very careful. And careful people tend to not make great agents. Great agents tend to be like a snowball going down the mountain. They're just having fun and taking names. And so, um, but there certainly are some great agents who passed it the first time. So don't worry if you passed it. But that's phase one. Phase two is like, okay, I got my license. Now what? And, you know, it's like, what do I do? How do I get clients? I mean, they taught me about redlining and about townships and about the three different appraisal methods and, and all this information, which is pretty much totally useless. And so my advice to you, and, and, and of course, this is the face, the agent begins to ask a lot of questions. And then they put in massive actions. And then the ones who ask a ton of questions, I mean like 5, 10, 15 questions a day. And then they put in massive action if they're door knocking or farming or doing open houses all weekend long, six, seven, eight hours a day, two days, you know, Saturday and Sunday, and they're showing property, they tend to make it. So phase three is called you make it. Um, again, phase one, the licensing process. Phase two, I call it now what? 
And then phase three, you make it. In other words, you're selling, and I call making it, you sell at least 20 to 30 homes a year. You can really make a living in real estate in most markets. And in some markets, a uh, that'll make you a million dollars a year in some markets. But uh, 20 to 30 homes a year for most people in, in most parts of the country, you actually make a pretty good living. And then you enter the phase, um, well, this is all a part of phase three, called elation. In other words, you get a little drunk on real estate. What I, what I mean by that is you realize, oh my gosh, I could kind of write my own ticket. Like if you get a job in a coal mine, you can't write your own ticket. If you get a job for an insurance agency, I mean, hopefully they'll promote you. But if the guy above you or the gal above you is really talented and there's no way for that person to go, even though you're super talented, there's nowhere for you to go. You hope you get recognized. You hope you get promoted and you're not in charge of your own destiny. So this getting drunk on real estate, this elation that kicks in, you're like, man, I could work harder and make more. I mean, end of story. And I'll never forget the month I, I set a goal to sell 30 homes in 30 days. And, um, and, and, I, and I didn't make the goal, right? But no one, no one was, what's the saying? No one has a plan. Uh, no one could stop a man with a plan because no one has a plan to stop him. In other words, I, I put this plan in motion to sell 30 homes in 30 days. Not a year, but in 30 days. Now I failed. I didn't even get close. I only sold 14 that month which is double my all-time record prior to that. I shattered my previous record, which was seven homes in a month. I felt pretty good about that. How many of you, if you sold seven homes in the past 30 days, would be feeling pretty good about your real estate career? Well, I was feeling pretty good about that. And all of a sudden, because I set a bigger goal, what we call a BHAG, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. That's an acronym, B-H-A-G, BHAG. Um, because I set that goal, I worked so hard to hit the goal. It woke me up early in the morning and kept me up late at night. It was the first time I pretty much made about $100,000 in a month. Um, it was like, wow. And this is going back many years ago. And then that's that elation. It's like, oh my gosh, it's up to me. I could do whatever I want. No one's stopping me. No one's starting me. Um, I'm the problem. I'm the solution. You know, you want more, do more. Be smarter. Don't just work harder, but be smarter. Be scrappy. And, and then you kind of get to the point where you're maybe selling 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 homes a year. And now you're making great money, maybe four, five, six, seven hundred thousand a year. And you're like, this is incredible. And just by sheer um, need, you hire an assistant. You get so busy, you hire an assistant. And I call this phase four. Um, is where you just accidentally go like, I can't show this much property. You become so popular by your clients and your family and your friends. Everyone knows, wow, Bob's killing it. Wow, Cindy's killing it. And then they start referring you go, I, I need a buyer's agent. And so you hire a buyer's agent. And all of a sudden you have this little team that just kind of grew organically. You got your TC in place. You got your buyer's agent. You have your assistant. And, and then this is this is the part where you've kind of assembled that small team organically. All of a sudden you're doing 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 million a year in sales. Then that kicks into phase five is you, you, you go to a big real estate training sales event where you're taught how to assemble a team or you see the stars on stage and they all have a 
team and you go i must need a team and then what happens is you you if you don't have a tc you get one for sure if you don't have an assistant you get one for sure and of course they say things like and this is actually true if you don't have an assistant you are one and they make 14 bucks an hour and and even though you tell me your time's worth 100 an hour or 200 an hour then they say then why are you doing 14 dollar an hour work and then you realize he's right she's right i'm gonna hire an assistant if you haven't already done someone and then but in assembling the team they teach you the importance of a database they teach you the importance of marketing and they teach you how to market and then they say you you got to leverage you hear quotes thing like when the student is ready the teacher will appear like in the past you'd heard the quote from j paul getty one of the richest men ever to live in america even by today's standards and his famous quote was i'd rather have one percent of a hundred man's efforts than 100% of my own. But you didn't understand the quote because you were so happy uh, selling 40, 50, 60 homes a year and you never made that kind of money in your life. Again, you were elated. You were drunk on real estate that it just didn't mean anything to you. But all of a sudden, now that you're assembling this team and all of a sudden you've you've learned how to market and you've got lots of people calling you to buy homes you have lots of people calling you to list homes because you become a professional you become a student of real estate so therefore then you go well hmm sets a new goal i better hire five new buyer agents this year and so you hire five new buyers agents or three or seven and then you get some written structure in other words some business planning like what will i do in the first quarter the second quarter the third quarter the fourth quarter that this is all phase five when you start becoming like a titan of business you you hopefully have hired a coach and now you're doing at least 20 million if not 40 50 million and of course, that leads into phase six, which I call go big or go home. And what phase six is all about is now you add a listing specialist or two, and you only take the high-end listings, the stuff that maybe starts at half a million and goes to three million or starts at a million and goes to five million. That's what you do. You're, you're uh, intentional. You're purposeful. You go, I am, if I'm going to list and sell 40 or 50 homes this year, they're all going to be one to $5 million. I'm not just going to take the listing at 250000 or 400000 Some of you are going, I'll take the listing at 400000 all day. Yes, you're drunk on real estate. You're, you're, you're newer in the field. But as you mature and grow in the business, sometimes um, grabbing that low-hanging fruit isn't always the best decision. You have to decide, are you going to sell commercial real estate or not? Are you going to sell land or not? Do you really sell mobile homes? Do you want to become the guy or the gal known for selling $80,000 mobile homes? And then after it's all done and said, you get like $1,500 a mobile home and they're harder to sell than homes at a million dollars where you can earn thirty dollars or $35,000, which is 30 to 35 times the income. So you become more intentional in phase uh, seven and you go, by the way, this whole phase six, you will you will grow your business uh, to a grand scale. You wa- you actually begin to want to compete with other major players around the country. And in, in, in phase six, you go from 40 million 
to 50 million to about 200 million. You go up to 80, 100, 140, 160, 180, 200 million, maybe 200 million plus, and you become this big, high-producing team. And again, remember the title of this was a case to build. And so you're building and building, and now you're you get this team, high-functioning team, and you're knocking down 140, 180, maybe 200 million plus, and you enter phase seven thinking. What is phase seven thinking? It's you decide it's time to go independent. It's time to leave your big broker, your big box broker. And we all know the names of those companies. I'm not going to say them here. But you go, I'm going independent. I'm going to build my own brand in Newport Beach, in Chicago, in Miami, in Seattle. And you start building your independent brokerage. And maybe you grow it to 100 maybe 500 or 1,000, but now you realize you got a big problem. Your overhead is now massive. You have big time liability. It's not if, but when you're going to be in that big lawsuit. Um, And you're hoping they don't uh, pierce the corporate veil and take everything you own. Stress off the hook. So you, these are literally, you just start, first you get licensing, then you kind of figure out how to real estate, then you become a top producer, then you become this organic team, and then you become this high-functioning team, and then you go independent. And these are this is the process, the phase of agents. And then you enter phase eight. Phase eight, you've got 100, 300, 500, 700, maybe 1,000 agents. Usually people in phase eight have anywhere from 100 to 200 agents and they realize that the truth hits you like a brick. You're trapped. You're frustrated. You've you've got all this overhead. You're managing all these prima donna personalities. Judy was mean to Karen. Karen upset Bob. Bob's had enough of Tim and and someone stole somebody's client. The truth is nobody stole, stole anybody's client. If your client elected to go with Bob instead of Judy, your client, Bob just was better for your client than Judy. Bob didn't steal Judy's client. Nobody owns their clients. But but you realize, oh my gosh. And then if, if one of them does something crazy, you're liable, not now, but for the next seven years in most states. You could be contacted five years from now for something somebody did this year and find yourself in a massive massive lawsuit where you're hoping you don't lose everything you ever built for so you realize you're trapped you're frustrated what do i do and and you're working 100 hours a week and so well you could sell what's it worth is someone offering you a million bucks by the time uh, that that definitely going to put you in the 50% tax bracket you're half a million goes to taxes you really only got half a million and that'll last you probably if you're that successful a person that's probably just will take care of your family's needs financially for a year well, that's not much maybe get 2 million a million goes to taxes and a million goes in your coffers and and okay you got enough to live for 2 years and you've you've given up everything you've ever built and you go oh my gosh what do I do and then you go you know what I'm going to add an escrow company I'm going to add a mortgage company. I'm going to add a staging and transaction. A TC will provide internal TC. I'll make money off TC. I'll make money off staging, mortgage, escrow. In fact, E&O, E&O will become a source of revenue. We'll charge our agents, you know, uh, $900 a year, $1,200 a year. But the truth is it costs us, you know, three or 400 an agent or whatever it costs per agent. So, and if you have four or 500 agents, two or 300 agents, there's another source of revenue and they all start kicking in. And then... You just really get to the point where you go, what is my exit strategy? 
what, how, I love what I've built, but I, I want to be, it's like the story of the little boy who's playing with his parents at the beach and he's making sandcastles and he looks up and he sees that jet, that giant Pan Am, you know, that giant, you know, uh, you know, uh, I guess Pan Am's out of business, but this giant gem, jet, jumbo airliner flying internationally to Paris or Auckland, New Zealand, or or some amazing place, Morocco, you know, Israel, and and you're a little boy, and all you know is you see that jet, and you decide, I would love to be a pilot flying one of those jets one day to exotic locations all over the world and see the world, and then that little boy goes on and becomes a pilot, and then 30 years later, he's flying over that same island, that same beach, and the biggest dream you have as the pilot is, how do I get back onto the beach making sandcastles with my kids or my grandkids? And how do I get out of this seat I'm strapped into with a little tiny window and a lot of glare and, and airport food? And so you realize that it's time to change the dream. And so I hope you enjoyed today's uh, uh, podcast because what I want to do is kind of bring you through the process. Chat My next podcast, my next chapter is going to be how to solve the problem, how to how to architect a problem. In other words, you know, how to come up with a dream and a vision that fits you today. And you're going to love the strategy, goals, and plans we lay out in the next podcast. Thanks for listening. <music>